0: Well, what is up, everybody, and welcome to God Squad Church. Hey, if you guys are brand new, my name is Pastor Susie, and I have the honor to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. And hey, we want to welcome you. Whether you're coming back every single week, watching for the first time, or even listening on our other various platforms, like Spotify and YouTube, whichever way you're consuming our content, hey, we want to say thank you so much for joining us. And as you just saw, today, we are wrapping up a series called Sir Memes, where for several weeks now, we've been taking memes, putting them in our sermons, and pulling out spiritual truths using things that might seem spiritually shallow and pulling out things that are spiritually deep. And we've been in a really, really deep, great conversation about the Holy Spirit. Even if you've never really been around church, you've probably heard the name God. You've probably heard the name Jesus. But how often do we kind of neglect the Holy Spirit? And talking about who is he? Is he equal with God? Which, yes, he is. And really describing his role. But then even going a little bit deeper and talking specifically about what's called the gifts of the Spirit. In the church world, it can start getting a little bit weird when you start talking about the supernatural, miraculous things of God. And even within the Christian faith, there are some things that can be a little bit divisive, that people might have disagreements on what are things like speaking in tongues, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What do these things mean? How are they active? Are they still for today? And so we've been opening up this can of the worms here at God Squad Church. We don't like to shy away from difficult conversations. We just get out ahead of them, and we just kind of talk about the elephant in the room in a way that's healthy, in a way that honors God, in a way that doesn't divide, but in a way that brings people together. And so we're wrapping up today, and one of the things we do, normally at the end of some of our longer series, we do something called God Talk where we do a Q&A panel, where we just went through maybe three to six weeks of a topic, and we talked about something in depth, and you're maybe left with some questions. But during a sermon, you can't exactly just lift your hand <laughs> but we don't we want to give you opportunity to ask questions so today we've given you guys opportunity to ask questions about the holy spirit about the gifts of the spirit tongues and things like that and so today's message is going to be a little bit different we're going to answer your questions so thank you to all of you that sent in questions they were fantastic we've done our study we've prepared the only thing we're missing now is the other incredible men they're going to join me on stage will you put your hands together Welcome Pastor Boz, Pastor AJ, and the good old Pastor TJ to the stage. Boys, how y'all feeling? You feeling good? Doing good. We're about to do business, okay? We've got some deep topics, some great questions, and we are about to dive in. We're not going to spend any more time. I'm not even showing any memes today because I'm not even letting memes take up time for the good questions. Final episode of Sir Memes begins right now, and we are diving in with some heavy Questions. Question number one, I want to give some context about what some people might take. It's called the spiritual gifts test. So we've been talking in the past few weeks about the gifts of the Spirit, things like the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of healing, these like supernatural gifts that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. If you didn't hear this message, I want to encourage you back to go back on YouTube and watch those videos where we break down all of them except tongues and interpretation, which we're going to do today. But there are those gifts of the Spirit but then there's like this test that often Christians will take and we've given it to people to help them discover their own gifts and in that test it's called the spiritual gifts test but then at the end you get the gift of hospitality and you're like wait it but this isn't talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 or you get the gifts of like administration you're like wait I'm confused now <laughs> cuz they're like the gifts of the spirit which are spiritual gifts and then there's like a spiritual gifts test that has the healing and the wisdom and knowledge in it, but then a bunch of other stuff. How do we make sense of all of that? And so, Pastor TJ, this terminology, this language can get a little bit confusing. So here's the first question. How are these spiritual gifts tests that I just explained, how are these tests that we're taking different from what Paul is describing in 1 Corinthians 12, and even are they different at all? What do you think, man?
1: Yeah, I think that that's a great question. First of all, whoever had that question, it kind of like was like, wow, like kind of eye opening, I think, just for the way that we go about things in church as a whole. And so um, love the question. And that's why your questions really matter. It allows us to dive deeper into topics that maybe we even haven't even thought of. And so I love that. But in Romans 12, six through eight, it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. And if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think the important lesson here is is no matter what gift you have been given, it's to use that to the fullness to serve the body and to serve God and bring him glory. Because in both of those avenues, whether you're serving God or you're serving people, you're bringing God glory. And so when we look at 1 Corinthians 12, we're talking about the supernatural gifts. Those are the gifts that are not common, right? Like that's not the things we see every day. That's why it's super. Um, and then in Romans 12, it includes the, gift, the, the, the natural gifts of the Spirit. Those gifts that you see maybe in every day. The fact when you see someone that is, you know— a great host, or, um, you know, the, the, they're a great helper, whatever that looks like. And the thing that I want to point out is that they're both from the same spirit,
2: yeah.
1: right? You might have been built a certain way. And I truly do believe God designed us before we were ever in our mother's wombs to have a purpose. And so God had made, maybe has given you some gifts throughout your life that He had planned for you to have that might be natural. And for some reason we take the supernatural and we elevate it up here and we take the natural and, and we put it down here. But the truth of the matter is I would much rather someone that is in the gift of helping sometimes than I would that's in prophesying. I don't need you prophesying to help me move the chairs in the, in the sanctuary. You know what I mean? I, I don't need that. I, I need the person that's willing to get up and help and serve. And so, and sometimes I need to hear what God has for the future. You know what I mean? So whatever that looks like, I just want you to understand, first of all, Both are immensely important to the body. We all function in different ways and neither one elevates you above anybody else. That's not how that works. And so I do believe that there are multiple gifts. And so we want to separate them into supernatural and natural maybe so you can understand it. Um, And I think we're still even working on that language to kind of understand better how how to say it. But I think that those two things, if you can look at those categories, they exist, they're in the Bible and neither one of them elevates over one another, but they're both super important.
0: And that's so huge to, like, highlight that idea of this, like, ranking. And that's why, like, I do think it could be a little bit confusing when you start talking about, like, spiritual gifts and, like, gifts of the spirit. Because, like, both kind of sound like they're describing the same thing. And so I love that he broke it down, like, supernatural and natural gifts. Right, supernatural, like, you can't heal a sick person without the supernatural power of God. But you can be administrative without the supernatural power of God. But I love, actually, that they're both referred to as spiritual gifts. Because here's the deal, we want to avoid this mindset of ranking a priority, and I don't want people thinking like, oh, I, I speak in tongues, so I'm spiritual, but right. you're a good host, so you're not. That is completely false. We are all using our gifts for the glory of God, whatever gifts they might be, and they have, they have different uses. They have different purposes. Everyone is different. We're going to talk more about those kind of things. But I think people think that because they don't have a supernatural gift— maybe that theirs doesn't have any use, and well, maybe I don't serve a purpose because I don't have healing. Pastor Paul, what would you say to those people that are thinking that?
3: Yeah, so I've gotten this question actually uh, quite a bit from people where they ask, "What is my gift?" Yeah, yeah. I don't know what my gift is. Maybe I don't have a purpose. I want to tell you that each and every one of you has a purpose. Each and every one of you has a spiritual gift. We're going to get into that later, and I believe that each and every one of us has a gift. I I took these spiritual gift tests a lot when I was younger. Yeah. and I would always get the top three things, and one of them would be hospitality, right? And hospitality, like Pastor Susie was saying before, I've looked through it. I'm like, but this isn't qualified as a spiritual gift. Why is this even in here? I see the spiritual gift tests as almost like these are your strengths. Sure, there are spiritual gifts in those tests, absolutely. There's the pastoral people, people with wisdom, people with knowledge. But then when you get to the hospitality, I almost see it as a strength. Because I can see somebody who maybe is not a Christian, who does not follow Jesus Christ, and they can still be hospitable. Sure, they can still sure. be giving and loving. But I want to point you guys to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. It says this. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Without grumbling, that's probably the hardest part, <laughs> yeah. i <I'll> be honest. <laughs> each, of, <laughs> each of you should use whatever gift you have, whatever gift you have received to, sh- to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and the power forever and ever amen and so the reason why I really wanted to reiterate the part where in verse 10 it says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others whatever gift you have it doesn't matter what that gift is. I don't care if it's speaking in tongues. I don't care if it's prophesying. I don't care if it's whatever knowledge, wisdom, whatever it is, use it to serve others. That's the hospitable part. Yeah. When you're serving others and you're using it to, to uh, edify the body of Christ, when you're doing it to edify somebody else. If I'm doing it to edify myself, that can have its place, sure, but it should be edifying the body of Christ.
0: That, that's, the, that's the main purpose of, of the gifts, is to edify the body. And so, you know, you start thinking about these supernatural, natural, natural gifts, what strengths do I have, whatever. The reality is what, we, what, what we're going to grasp today is that it, the focus isn't what gift do I have, it's how do I use it and who do I use it for. So it's not about like, oh, well, I wish I had this or that gift, or God, give me this one, or that guy's cooler because he has this and that. It's not about that. All of us are on an equal playing field being used by God. The only difference is, will you let God use you? That's the only difference. Some people are being used by God, not because he's like, hey, they're better than you. Some people are just like, God, I'm open and available to do yeah. whatever you want. But some of us are like, man, if I can't have healing, I don't want any of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's not about what gift do I have? It's about how do I use it? and who do I use it for? Now, following up on that kind of question, this is a great one that was sent in as well. Talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit like, how do I know which ones I have, things like that. But here's the big question. Can every Christian expect to have these gifts? And how does someone come to know which spiritual gift they have? And Pastor Ball, as you kind of touched on it. Like, which, which one do I have? What would you kind of say to someone asking that question?
3: Yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> Not everybody is going to get every gift, <laughs> That's first of all. Uh, but I want to read for you guys 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, and it says this. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given uh, for the common good. Every person that's following Jesus Christ, we need to be diligently seeking these gifts. Yeah. I, I can honestly say that there are people that come to me, like I said before, and they say, well, I don't know what spiritual gift I have. Well, have you really been diligently seeking yeah. this gift have you been praying to god have you even been reading do you even have a relationship with god in the first place now, i'm not saying those people aren't christians but there are people who are very shallow on the outside because of the season that they're in their life or maybe they just were never taught and they weren't able to be built up and that's okay we need to we need to disciple people we need to fix that but we need to be diligently seeking God, and so maybe you haven't received that gift yet, or you haven't felt what that spiritual gift is. I want to tell you that I think everybody is supposed to have
0: one, but we need to be diligently seeking it for sure. Yeah, you need to be diligently seeking, and then so like every Christian can have spiritual gifts. Like that's just to make that clear. We do not believe they're like reserved for some. They're for everyone, if you want them. Yeah. God's not going to give you a gift you don't want. Like you, like. I, like when I give someone a birthday present, like if they're like, no thanks, I'm like, okay, well, if you don't want it, I'm not gonna force you to wear my shirt. Like, <laughs> it's a gift. I, I wanna give you something great, but if you don't want it, God gives us free will. And that leads us kind of the second half for that question, Pastor Ray J. How do you know which gift, like, you've been given? How do you figure that process out?
4: Yeah, really, it's by just a relationship with God. You know, you, you gotta keep on, like um, Pastor Boss said, he, he keep on seeking, digitally, digitally seeking and as we go after him, you know, God begins to re- reveal the gifts that he's, that he's given us, you know, through relationship with him. And oftentimes we'll we'll end up using our gift, you know, like we, we it, it'll come so naturally. We, we have that spirit inside of us. It'll come so natural. We can be somewhere. And like like for many times I've been, I've been like in a, in a marketplace and all of a sudden the Lord said, go over and speak to that person. Go, go, go tell them that I'm still thinking of, them. you know, bring that that, that, that gift of knowledge to them. And like, and sometimes I was afraid. I was afraid like, Lord, will I step out and do this? You know, it's, you know, fear can get in. And sometimes I missed out. Sometimes one time the Lord told me, go over there and pray for that, that person. I, I want to heal them. And I was afraid. And I, and I really believe that day I probably missed out on, I missed out on, on the opportunity to, to witness, you know, a manifestation of, of the healing power of God. And so I, I really encourage you, don't miss out. Don't, don't let fear stop you. But um, really diligently seek him. And as your relationship with God, you know, in, in different times in our life, we're going to use different gifts. You know, all these gifts are working in the spirit and we have the spirit living inside of us and they're, they're active it's active and it's living today the same resurrection power that rose christ from the dead is still active today oh so continue to seek Him, continue to go after him
0: that's huge that's what paul says yeah to diligently seek those gifts
1: yeah i i think too like when we're when we're thinking about this like every christian can ask every christian can ask but not every christian will get every gift yeah. it's just as simple as that and like it's the idea that god had a donkey talk in the bible but not every <laughs> donkey talks
2: (laughs) and so it's like it's
1: it's that same idea is just just because it happened for someone doesn't mean it's necessarily for you and that's kind of in the same vein too as will these gifts keep coming Uh, like will i be used once will i have this forever like it's god will do what he he sees fit to do yeah and we just have to be expecting waiting and present saying here i am lord send me That's
0: key. We have to be open in seeking those gifts. Yeah, and
3: I I, I was going to say something else. Like, you can't just be diligently seeking, like, sure, that you need to be doing that. But you also need to ask with the right heart, right? So I can honestly tell you with with my wife, okay, she is very sick with a lot of different issues. So if I go to God, which I have, I have done this. (laughs) God, can I have the gift to heal? What is my heart, though? Is it to glorify God Or is it to heal my sick wife? There's a big difference there. Now, I believe that God is going to heal my wife. I truly believe that. I don't know if it's going to be through a prayer or if it's going to be through a year-long, years-of-long process. But the thing is, is was I asking for the right heart? And I can honestly say there's many times that I haven't asked that with the right
0: heart. Man, that that is so crucial because understanding your heart needs to be in the right place. I mean, that's that's like foundation of faith 101. The heart is most important. And I know that it might sound interesting as to be like, well, why wouldn't God want to hear your wife? And here's the reality. We don't always know the answers to those questions. Like you said, like the gift should be used to glorify God, but wouldn't my wife being healed, wouldn't that glorify God? And the reality is, as followers of Jesus, first and foremost, we submit ourselves to God's plan, his authority. He knows what is best. He loves your wife. He wants to see your wife be better. But while she is in this difficult season, he knows what is best, and he, he's taking you guys through a process. And so I think it's so great, it just shows Pastor Baas your spiritual maturity, which is probably why you're one of our pastors, that the Thank fact you. that Thank you <laughs> are submitting, God, even though I want my wife to be healed, first and foremost, I want whatever you have deemed to be best more. And if that means we stay in this season longer than I'd like to, I want to do that. That's yeah. huge, because yeah. it, go, it goes back to the purpose. Why do the gifts exist? To glorify God and edify the body. Once you start going, God, I want the gift of healing so I can be that wizard guy that's like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and you're like, it's like, Kill you got, the you, guns, you're, 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 God's like, no, I'm not going to give you that gift, because you're going to use it for the wrong reasons, right. right? You put power in the wrong hands, bad things start happening. And so, man, that's, that's real deep, man. That's real deep. Praise God. Pastor Bras, we love you, man. I love mean, you, too. It. Man, man. Moving on to the, the next question. This one's a big one because this is where things start getting divisive and confusing in the church world. We talked about a little bit last week about how we need to be open and willing to agree that the first and foremost thing we need to talk about is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Primary doctrine. But then there are secondary doctrines. Things that even within the church people can disagree out, agree about. And one of those things is, are spiritual gifts available today? Or is this something that God just wanted to do in the Bible? And so I want to go ahead and read a scripture to you, 1 Corinthians thirteen eight to 10, to answer that question. Are they still available today? Read this with me. 1 Corinthians thirteen eight. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease, meaning go away. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. They will stop. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And so a lot of people read the scripture and they go, oh, okay, well, when completeness comes, all the spiritual gifts go away. And some people believe that this idea of completeness, other scriptures would use the word uh, perfection, that that's already taken place. And therefore, the spiritual gifts are gone. Therefore, old days, not for today. And so let's talk a little bit about that idea. Are those gifts available for today or not? Pastor TJ, what do you think, man?
1: Yeah, this is, this is like such a, such a, to me, like a logical output, like of the way that I see it. And when I look at the Bible, and I, and I hear the word completeness, or I hear perfection, I think of only one thing that's referred to that way. And that's Jesus. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard for me to, to think about this is the idea of, if we looked at this in a way, like, this is a, a sensationalist idea is what the term is, is that, you know, the Holy Spirit will be a hundred percent, um, basically not acting in the way that he did in the, uh, at the early church, because we now have the Bible is usually what the idea is. And they take the Bible to be the completeness or the perfection. And the problem I have with that is like, that would mean in that letter, that person was referring to something that was not there at all. Like there was no idea that this would be a thing. So it was referring to the completeness or perfection as being the Bible, which wasn't there. And anytime in the New Testament that we're talking about the Bible, or it says to, to you to preach the word, or you hear, you know, go into all the world the world and, and preach the gospel, it's not talking about your New Testament. Yeah. It's talking about the birth, the life, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And so it's hard for me to think that out of nowhere. This is a very logical thing it's not like paul isn't prophesying here um he's not just trying to to, to come up with random thoughts he's he's telling us logically what what happens and then this idea comes in where we we need to take this kind of like out of context and be like no he he's talking about something that hasn't yet come which doesn't make a lot of sense within the flow of the book or the letter and when we're reading the bible we have to take a step back and realize what's the point of this and we know corinthians is a letter to a church We know that it it has importance, and he's trying to get across some things that we need to be able to pick up. And so that's kind of what I see when I think of, you know, the perfection, the completeness idea. I truly do believe that that's Jesus because of that logical idea, but also because of the references the Bible makes over and over again to Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when you understand the writing of the New Testament, like when Paul, who wrote the book of 1 Corinthians, when he is sitting down writing this 1 Corinthians book, he's writing a letter to the Corinthian church. So for him, he's writing a letter that he know God wants him to write, but he actually doesn't know like right now I'm writing the newest edition to the Bible. When they are referring to the Bible or the word of God, any New Testament writer, they're actually referring to the Old Testament. And so for them, in their minds, like the book was actually already complete. So it's not coming, Like the book's already done. We've been studying it for years. And so they're not even referring it to that. But when you study actually the Greek word for completeness here, and you read in the Greek, you actually see that it is it's the foreshadowing of Jesus coming, because he's the only one who is perfect. And when he's coming, then, like, when we get to heaven, like, we won't need to prophesy, because, like, the only thing will be left, like, hey, we're here already. <laughs> like,
2: there's no prophecy needed <laughs> in heaven,
0: or there's, yeah. no, there's no healing needed in heaven, because in heaven, there's no sickness. But right now, we got some sick people, so we need access to the gifts. And here's the thing, like, as a follower of Jesus, God is so incredible that we do not serve a God who changes. We do not serve a God who's different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And as a follower of Jesus, I don't want to look back and be like, man, remember back in the day when God was good? Well, now he's, now he's not doing any of these gifts, and he just changed along the way. He didn't. The gifts are available today. And so it's important to understand that like, what Jesus did we have access to do. And Pastor Buzz, what would you add to that? Yeah, so I'm going to read a scripture for you,
3: actually, that talks about this. It comes from John chapter 14, starting in verse 12. It says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus Christ, when he was living on this earth and walking on this earth, he's alive today. Amen, obviously. But while he was still walking on this earth, the Holy Spirit was obviously, he was, the Holy Spirit was in him. He is God. Okay. He's He's the, he's the son, you know, so he's part of the three and one. We all can't understand that. Let's get over that. We'll go past that. But the thing is, is Jesus Christ had the the, all of the gifts of the Spirit. He had healing. He had wisdom. He had knowledge. He had everything, right? And now he's saying, but you're going to do even greater things than I've done. And not saying that we have more powers, the Holy Spirit that works through us. And Jesus was confined to a human body, the Holy Spirit, everywhere, living in billions of people. Or, well, you know, how, how many people know Christ? And so... The thing is, is he's saying we're going to do greater things than these. I I think that the Spirit is still active today. There's no way that the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts are not active today. They are very active today. They're changing the lives of people. I've seen miracles in my life that cannot be attained to a doctor did this or somebody else did this. It is only an act of God
0: and the Holy Spirit working through that person, using them as a vessel. 100%. The power and the impact of the supernatural power of God is not going downhill. It's going uphill. We are impacting lives, and we believe the gifts are still available today. Friends, we are about to dive into the juicy stuff. Are y'all ready? It's the moment y'all been waiting for. What is speaking in tongues? Let's get weird, baby. (laughs) Let's dive in. Pastor AJ, this is the question everyone's been waiting on. We had so many (laughs) questions sent in around this topic. When they found out three weeks ago, we were not going to add that to the Gifts of the Spirit conversation because it would take too much time. People were sad. But today is here. Pastor AJ, can you help us answer the question, wrap our minds around (laughs) something that honestly can be very confusing, can be very, very difficult. And honestly, all of us, we are students together of this. We are learning and studying the scriptures of God around a very difficult, confusing topic pastor aj give us some wisdom help us understand
4: what is speaking in tongues hit amen. him with
1: it aj <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah um, amen pastor i think the greatest example when we first see it here in um in acts chapter two verse one I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it um it says when the day of pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like a blowing wind of a violent or a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire se- that separated and came to rest on each of them. Verse four, all of them were filled with the Holy spirit and began to speak in tongues as the spirit enabled them. See that last part as the spirit enabled them. Mm-hmm. And what it, the definition of this to me is speaking in tongues is a supernatural language. The Holy spirit enables us to speak. It's something that we can not do on our own. And, and there's more examples in the Bible of, of, of the different types of tongues, but this right here, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what it is, it's a supernatural act of God, where he enables us and all of a sudden we're doing something that we can't do in the natural, but God enables us to work in the supernatural because it's impossible for somebody to all of a sudden to start speaking a different language.
0: It's, it, it can be a little complicated to understand what it is because we don't understand it. And we're gonna mm. talk a little bit more of that in detail, but tongues, it is, it's a supernatural language of heaven. Some people might recall it as the heavenly language. Some people might call it the language of angels. And it really is, and this is where it starts getting weird and confusing, but I believe it's, it's true. I believe it's a supernatural act of God that people can, as a gift of the Spirit, speak in a heavenly language. And I know that that, honestly, if I'm being crazy, like putting myself in the perspective of someone who maybe is not a person of faith, like it sounds weird. Like let's just get out and open and Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The hungs can be confusing. So you're telling me that you can speak in a Language from a different universe that you don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what even, even as a Christian, it's weird. You know? Yeah, because like, yeah. lo- logically, you're like, that's kind of that's weird, dude. Like, that's kind of bizarre. And here's the deal. There are parts of the Bible that we try to fit into our own logic. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying the Bible is logical. But I'm saying there is a supernatural element to the person of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit that is outside of our full comprehension. The Bible in itself is outside of our full comprehension. We are studying. You read the same verse a hundred times, you're like, wow, I'm learning something new every time. But the supernatural gift of tongues, it, it is, it's a supernatural, heavenly language yep. that people get to speak in that you might not even be able to understand. And it is, I know it sounds crazy, but it is a language that you are speaking syllables from heaven that you don't even understand. It's a heavenly, supernatural language that God, the Spirit, enables certain people to speak in. Not because they're better than others. Not because, oh, well, that guy's really spiritual, so I'm going to give him tongues. No. Everyone gets different gifts. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, too. But the thing that's really confusing about tongues is so much. How do I do it? What can I get it? It's about seeking the gift. And if God gives you that gift, that's okay. I I love and I am greatly honored that I, I have the ability to speak in tongues. But that doesn't make me better than you if you don't. Mm. It doesn't make me better than you if you don't. I'm not spiritual, and you're not. No, we're both followers of Jesus, if you've said yes to follow Jesus, of course. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And I have a gift that maybe you don't have, but you might have a gift that I don't have. And that doesn't make you better than Pastor AJ or TJ or Pastor Balser or myself. We have yeah. different gifts. But it is. It's a supernatural language that the Holy Spirit enables us to speak but then here's where we get more confusing. <laughs> are, there, are there two different types of tongues, Pastor AJ? We, we see in Scripture that some people yeah. spoke in, like, understandable languages, and then some people spoke in heavenly languages. Like, how do we wrap our minds around that? What does the Bible say about other two different types of tongue languages?
4: Yeah, so this, is, this is really cool, I think, because um, you see here, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read Acts 2.5, right? Um, it says, now there were staying in Jerusalem God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilder- and bew- and bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they, they asked, Aren't these um, who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? Par- Parthians, Mids, um, and Al- Al- Alamites, residents of Mos- um, Mesopotamia, Judea, um, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, uh, Phrygia, and Pam- that's a lot. That's a lot of different places. Uh, Pamphylia, <laughs> <laughs> Egypt, and parts of uh, Libya, and Cy- Cyrene, Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, um, um, Cretans and Arabs. Where, um, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Imagine that, like, like um, that that alone, right? Because I've always wanted to speak Spanish, right? Maybe one day the Lord will, will bless me with the tongues of Spanish. <laughs> Even though I'm Mexican, I can't speak it, but maybe one day he'll bestow on me. No. But um, I do speak in tongues, but I never spoke a different language. And this is really awesome. It shows you that the the power of God, like, it, it's, it is supernatural because how on earth could these, the, the, the men that were there, they realized, say, wait a minute, these, these guys are not from our town. Like, you can tell that I'm not... Uh, even though I'm, I'm Mexican, I'm not from Mexico, I was born in America, in California, you could tell. If I started spoken, speaking in Spanish, we would be like, our different language. we would be like, hey, that guy's not from our town because he don't speak in the same accent as us, but yet he's speaking our language. How is this possible? Because it was a supernatural act of God that he enabled these men on that day to speak in a different language, which is really powerful. But then we also see that in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, that there's there's another form of tongues, um, and, and it says this, for anyone, and this is um, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God, right? So it's talking about like a heavenly language, not only, only between you and God, like a, like a, like a, a personal one. Indeed, one uh, understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And so there's two different types. So there, there, there's one where it's for other people to say, whoa, you know, hold on, he's speaking my language. This, this, how is this possible? You see there in, in Acts 2:5. But then there's another one here in 1 Corinthians four, fourteen two that it's like, this is a heavenly language. This, this, is, you know, this is only between you and God. And, um, so you see the two different types there. It could be confusing. And even I've experienced um, the, um, you know, uh, being in church and people speaking in tongues and, I, and you get that, uh, that, that, that bewilderment, what they got. But when it's interpreted too, that's, that's a whole other that's another thing. It's, it's a powerful thing to see.
0: Yeah, and it can be difficult to grasp when you start understanding tongues and some people fall in different schools of thought. Some people think it's not for today at all. Some people think that tongues is only a heavenly language. Some people think that it's only an earthly language that is unknown to the speaker. We believe that it's both, and we see examples of both in Scripture. Pastor A.J. read Acts 2, where these people who didn't speak these languages are now speaking these languages, and the people around them are like, but you, I know you don't speak my language, but how are you speaking it right now? And then there's 1 Corinthians, like you just read, read right, 14.2, the heavenly language where you don't understand it. And both can be powerful. Both are great. Not everyone gets both. I've never, I've never had the earthly languages of tongues, but I've spoken in heavenly languages. I, I do almost every single day. But the earthly language can be a powerful one. And I, I, I want to share a, a story uh, that I heard from a missionary one time. A missionary came to speak at a, a church that I, was, that I was at, and he was sharing a story that his whole life he had been speaking in tongues. And in his mind, he had been speaking a heavenly language. He was praying on his own time, doing his own thing, speaking a heavy language, and then he went to a trip to Africa. He's this white guy in Africa, clearly, clearly not from around here, and he's just sitting in his seat, just kind of praying to himself. He's praying out loud, but like muttering under his, his breath, sitting next to a guy from Africa who did not speak English. And this guy had been speaking in tongues for years. And he's just sitting there in his own, praying in tongues, and then that guy next to him starts crying. And this guy's like, I have no idea. I was like, oh, maybe he's having an experience with God. No idea. Turns out that that guy actually, the, the African sitting next to him was not a Christian. He grabs a translator to talk to this American guy and asks, how do you know my language? How, how are you speaking my language? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. It must be some confusion. I don't, I don't speak your language. I was just, I was praying in, I was praying in tongues. Sorry if I bothered you. And that guy goes, I don't know what you're doing, but you were just speaking fluent my language and were saying all the things that I wanted God to say to me in order for me to believe he's real. Mm. Mm. And I've I've never experienced anything like that. But we can't read Acts 2, where that exact thing is happening, and say that it's it's not real. And so it gets confusing, because tongues, is it supernatural or is it natural? And here's why the definition that we wrote was that tongues is a supernatural language that the Holy Spirit enables us to speak, because whether you are speaking in a heavenly language that no one understands, or an earthly language that you don't speak, that is a supernatural act of God. You just all of a sudden speak in a language you didn't know, that is a supernatural act of God. And I'm going to be honest, it sounds weird. It does. It could be confusing. This is, this is not natural stuff. It's supernatural But our heart through all of this is to normalize the supernatural. I want to start living in a world where I believe that God is capable of doing miracles. I don't want to live in a miraculous world. Is that a word? I don't know. I don't want to live in a world without miracles. I want to experience a supernatural work of God, even if I don't fully understand it. Because it's not about my logic my understanding. It's about what does the holy written word of God say? This is the authority, not the iPad, but the real, real Bible, right? This, <laughs> is the authority. this is the authority of God. And so here's what we need to wrap our minds around. When it comes to what we believe, it's not about what do I think or even what do I want to believe. It's really about submitting ourselves to what does the book say? And I know there's a lot of schools of thought around tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we'll get to. But at the end of the day, we can't shy away from what God wrote us about. We've got to yeah. at least have conversations about it. If we land on different schools of thought, we respect one another. Let's not let it divide the church. But I refuse to just leave out what God put in. Mm. If it's in there, let's talk about it. Let's Mm -hmm. just address the elephant in the room. We're having these conversations, and some of you might be listening to me and like, I I know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, do you believe Jesus is Lord and that we need to get people saved? Then let's get to work, baby. Whether you're right. speaking in tongues or not, let's tell people Jesus English, right? <laughs> like Let's share let's the gospel in English or whatever language is that people are reaching, right? It don't matter like, if you have tongues or not or even believe that it's real. You can get to heaven without tongues. But if it's in the book, let's have a conversation about it. But we don't just want to talk about what it is. Let's talk about what the purpose is.
1: Yeah. I think that story is powerful, Susie. Yeah. Uh, because I think it does. I think it illuminates part of that purpose, right? Like, yeah. The idea of what tongues is for. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And so I truly believe that your private tongue between you and the Lord is for your own edification. It's for yourself. And it's for building you up. But I, and I think that's why Paul makes that distinction very, very clearly. So if you're going to pray in tongues for someone, you should probably bring the English version too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because it's not for someone else, that special prayer language you have between you and God is actually clanging symbols to someone else. And so that's what I, what I truly think when, when we talk about one of the purposes of tongues. Now there's there's a separate idea here too, right? And not that there's two different things. We we think actually once you receive the gift of tongues, you have the gift of tongues, but there's two different ways we see it basically brought forth. And another way is to edify the body. And you see, inside of that story, Susie just talked about, where someone was praying in tongues and it brought the gospel to someone. And we see that in Acts 2. And so The purpose of speaking in tongues is for personal edification, and I believe also for edification for the body in certain ways. And so what we're talking about is that idea where the gospel is being portrayed in a language that you cannot understand. And it's obviously a miraculous thing that happens. And so if you speak in tongues, does there always need to be an interpretation? And this is the important thing that that I want to hit on is, first, we need to identify if there are two separate gifts of tongues. Is there two different things happening? Is it like you have this gift and then this gift over here? And I would say, no, I think there's only one gift, but we need to use discernment on whether to use it personal or privately. And if you have that discernment, which God instructs us to to seek after, then we're going to do only what glorifies God. And whatever that looks like, we need to make sure that it boils down to edifying the body. There's a difference between prophecy and tongues in the church. They both have different focuses, meanings, outcomes. That's just the way it is. And so we need to be good with what we know and be able to use our discernment to be able to say, you know, this is between me and the Lord, and this is going to edify me and build me up. And I'm speaking to God, the outpourings, the groanings of my heart that I can't even put words to, but those groanings aren't helping somebody else. No one else wants to hear you groaning. Yeah. Like, so that's for you and God. But there might be a time where you're supposed to give that, that, that gift of tongues because you know the Lord is pressing on your heart. You might start getting that, that fast heartbeat, that that burning in your stomach. Like, uh, you know that you know that you know. And you're, now you're nervous. And you're like, I don't know what to do. And you have to do it because in that moment, God's going to get the glory for you, even maybe in your uncomfort. Yeah. And I want us to know and, and be trained and build a culture of this is a safe place to fail. That's right. Um, but know that we want to be doing the right thing as well, right? So if we know it's out of place, it doesn't feel right, it's out of order, it, it doesn't, our discernment's all, and we pull you aside and we're like, hey, man, something was weird about that like let's be open we're a family like that's the point we're all working together we're all trying to figure this out together yeah. and so i want you to understand there's this this is a safe place to fail but it's also a safe place to fail forward we're not going to let you just fail and then just act like it didn't happen we're going to build you up we're going to we're going to walk this through with you cuz i'm glad someone did that with me yeah and so yeah
0: we start getting into these these spiritual gifts and it gets the, the waters get muddy but the thing is we need to be careful of is to not go to one extreme where everyone's just going crazy and doing a bunch of stuff. That's where, right, that's where the gifts of the Spirit get a bad name. But we don't want to go to the other extreme and be like, nah, because they're hard and difficult to understand, let's just not do them at all. We need a healthy, safe place to really be utilizing the gifts in a way that we know, like, hey, maybe, maybe I made a mistake. But we all make mistakes, and we get better and move forward.
3: Yeah, it's just, and, and I was also going to say something like the spiritual gifts are not supposed to uh, – they're, they're – like speaking in tongues, let's just say, the purpose of it is not to puff somebody up and put them in a position. I yeah. truly believe that somebody that doesn't speak in tongues, there are, you know, they, they it, there's a dichotomy in in a lot of denominations today. One denomination will say, well, you have to speak in tongues to be in this position, yep. specifically a pastor. There are other denominations that say you can't speak in tongues if you want to be a pastor, okay? <laughs> I want to say there's got to be a middle ground, okay? It's not, it's not, hey, you have to, it's not supposed to puff you up. It's not supposed to put you in a position. There, 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 it's a spiritual gift from God. Yeah. You don't receive every gift. When I was a child, I, I asked for a PlayStation I asked for a PlayStation when it came out, and my parents got me a PlayStation. Not my brother, not my sister. It was for me. It was available for them to use, (laughs) but, but only when they asked me because it
0: was my gift. Not everybody receives every single gift. True. And understanding the purpose of why tongues exist, like we were talking about, is so crucial because when you understand its purpose, you understand its use. And so here's what happens in church all the time is because of a lack of understanding of what the purpose of tongues is. Pastor T.J. mentioned it. When you pray in your own private language to yourself, your own privacy, where I'm not yelling at the top of my lungs, I'm just kind of do my own thing, that builds me up and edifies me. But when God is giving you a public message that you need to discern, am I supposed to just kind of pray to myself, or am I going to stand up and say something? That edifies the church and the body when it's interpreted, because like Paul said, if no one interprets it, then that guy was just yelling for no reason. Like We don't know what the heck is going on. (laughs) But understanding its personal use is so important because in so many church circles and ones that I've been in, I will go up to someone and be like, hey, can you pray for me? I'm really discouraged, really hurting. Will you pray for me? And they're like, sure, let's pray. And they'll put their hand on my shoulder, and they'll start praying in tongues. And I'm just looking around like, bro, I don't, know, I don't know what the heck you're saying. Pray, are you even praying for me? Like, I, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what you're doing. I, I, don't, I don't understand you. So I'm not being edified by you coming over and laying your hands and praying on because I, I, need, I need you to give me a message from God and a prayer and a prayer. I, I, you, could literally, you could be saying fake words right now. I wouldn't know the difference yeah. because your heavenly language is not a benefit to me. So because of some just confusion, I think people, they have good intentions, but they'll come over and pray for me in a way that only benefits them. Mm. So what happens in the church world, this is why uh, I have a difficult time with the mindset of like people who pray in tongues are better than others. I'm just so against that. Why? Because if anything, if you are seeking only the gift of tongues, you're seeking the selfish gift. You're seeking the gift that benefits only you. When Paul says, you should be seeking the gifts that benefit the body. Now, tongues can be used to benefit the body when used in a public setting. Like Pastor TJ shared a story about him in a small group, and then it was interpreted, and people were blessed. So many great moments. But if you think you are better because you have the gift that actually only benefits you, you've got the whole thing backwards. I mean, Jesus, like the Bible teaches it. Like, the first shall be last. The last shall be first. Like, he who serves is the greatest of all. So I can't think that I'm better if the gift that I'm seeking and the gift that I want is actually the gift that only really helps me. And so there's nothing wrong with speaking in tongues, but understanding its purpose helps you understand its use. So I'm not gonna go up to you when you need prayer for your marriage and speak in tongues. Because you're like, I don't really I don't I just I have no idea what you're saying. And I don't walk away with this prayer with anything. Now sure I get the logic of, yeah, but but God knows and and he's praying through us and interceding with wordless groans. I can't understand all this kind of stuff. But the reality is when people want prayer like they want to understand what you're saying mm. and so understanding its purpose is is huge and understanding this we've been trying to reiterate this message one gift is not better than the other mm. you're not more spiritual than someone who doesn't and you're also not bad if you speak in tongues it doesn't make you selfish but understand it's it's use tongues in a private setting it's really just meant for you in your room you when you're sitting in your chair to yourself but it's just, it's edifying me. It's building me up. It's encouraging my spirit. But it doesn't encourage boss when I speak in tongues. He's just there twiddling his thumbs like, man, this guy's, this guy's going to town right now, dude. He's getting blessed, and I'm not. <laughs> right? And so understanding its purpose really helps understand its use. And You're so, going to pray for someone real, you... in
1: tongues. What is that? You're going to pray for someone in tongues. You better bring the English version, too.
0: Bring the English version, too. <laughs> Amen, brother. So, friends, as we're winding down our time, we've got two questions left. And these are pretty big ones that we wanted to save for last. But here is a big question that is talked about a lot in circles. We talked about tongues, talked about the spiritual gifts, but a big, big topic of conversation is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And many, many people might have different views and understandings of what it means, what it is, or again, is it even for today? So, as we're winding down our time, final two questions, gonna wrap around this topic. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is it a a second event that somehow happens, like, after I get saved? Is it a one-time or reoccurring event? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And to truly understand this, I really need everyone to understand, one, where it originates from, where it comes from, but then understanding what it means in the different uses of that terminology. A lot of people take their understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit from the book of Acts we read it multiple times today. Acts chapter 2, right? Jesus in Acts 1-5 says, wait a few days and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and give you power. Ten days later, we see 120 people in this upper room praying and the Holy Spirit comes down. And these people start speaking in tongues, start speaking in these heavenly languages, earth languages. And a lot of times we understand that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is exactly what it looks like every time. That right there. I have a difficult with that that theological standpoint because before you can understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to understand the purpose of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a narrative book. Understanding context and why everything in the Bible is written, who it's written for, what its purpose is, is crucial because we take some of the writings like Paul wrote to these churches where we get our doctrine. Every single follower of Jesus needs to do this. Every single follower of Jesus needs to avoid this. This is how it works every time. Some people would explain it as prescription versus description. Prescription is like, this is what the Bible says. Everybody needs to do it. But then there's description of what would be a narrative book, like the book of Acts, which is an account. They're true, they're powerful, they're important, but they are a narrative story of what took place in the book of Acts. That is what happened to those people, but it's not necessarily what is going to happen every single time. Pastor TJ mentioned it earlier, right? God used a donkey to talk in the Bible, but not every, not every donkey talks, right? Right? We see David, he took a, a sling and a rock, and he killed a giant. Some people, when you see a giant, you should run for your life, because <laughs> you might die. Some people, you end up in a lion's den like Daniel, like, yeah, you should have not jumped in there, because you're gonna die. There are narrative moments of the Bible. Here's what happened to these people. Then there are imperative moments of the Bible. This is what is going to happen to everybody. And when we see the book of Acts, chapter 2, I believe the whole book of Acts is a narrative. There's other moments in the book of Acts that happened. But those are not normative. Those are the exception, not the rule. They're not going to happen every single time to every single person in the exact same way. That's doctrine. Whoever believes in his, in his heart and confesses with their mouth, they will be saved. That is doctrine. That is imperative. That's gonna happen the same way every single time. You believe, you receive. But Acts chapter two is a, it's a narrative moment where those people, I mean, just 10 days prior, they were with Jesus. First of all, you and I are not walking on the earth with the f- real physical presence of Jesus. So first of all, our story is already different. Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, wait 10 days. Well, he didn't say 10 days, but he said, wait, and the Holy Spirit's going to come. Our story is different. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. He's already here. In Acts chapter 2, we see them activating the gifts of the Spirit in tandem with that moment where the outpour of the Spirit happens. Because you can't activate the gifts of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit until Acts chapter 2. Because that was, that was the entrance. But we don't have this moment. That's not our narrative experience. I don't say yes to follow Jesus, and then 10 days later I get the Holy Spirit, like happened to them. Yeah. But that's not how it works today. The Holy Spirit's already here. So therefore, it's difficult when we take a book of the Bible that is meant to be a narrative. God is like, these are powerful moments, and I want you to read them and understand them. But it's not always going to apply to every moment of your life. We're not going to get 120 people go to an upper room, and the Holy Spirit's going to appear for the first time. That's a past event. That took place. And so understanding one, the purpose of the book of Acts as a whole is very, very, very important. Understanding the difference between narrative and imperative. Understanding the difference between prescription and description is important just when reading the Bible as a whole. Mm. Not just Acts chapter two, not just the book of Acts, but just understanding there's differences for different books and different passages, but there's also differences for the usage of the terminology of the Spirit baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is where it gets more confusing. <laughs> because really, we see two major uses. We see Paul's use of the baptism of the Spirit, and then we see Luke and Jesus' use of the baptism of the Spirit. Let me read to you Paul's use, 1 Corinthians 12, which is the same passage we've been reading about the gifts of the Spirit, Twelve, twelve. He says, for just as the body is one and has many members, many people making up one community, one family of God, and all the members of that body, of the community, though many, they're one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized. This is where it gets confusing. So we're all baptized in the Holy Spirit. When? What does it look like? So we are all in one Spirit, all baptized in the one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and we're all made to drink of one Spirit. So we read this, and without properly understanding, we're like, wait, so were we baptized in the Holy Spirit Like from day one, when we say yes to Jesus, what does this mean? What does it use? And I believe that the Spirit's baptism is different when Paul is describing it to when Jesus is describing what's going to happen in Acts chapter 2. I believe that Paul here is describing the moment of salvation, when the Holy Spirit comes in us and unites us in relationship with Jesus. That we, through the Holy Spirit, have been united to Jesus. But this is not a Acts 2 or a gifts of the Spirit moment. This is our uniting by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. But then we see what Jesus says in Acts 1.5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, which is what we read in Acts 2. And so this gets more confusing. Because we're like, one is talking about salvation and us being united to Jesus. And then one is talking about this... Acts two. Here's the deal. I don't believe that in Acts one five, Jesus is saying, "In ten days, you're finally going to become a follower of Jesus." Jesus is not saying in Acts chapter two, "You're going to get saved." These are already renewed, re- born again followers of Jesus. They were, I mean, they were literally followers of Jesus. You know what I mean? So these people aren't about to get saved at the upper room. People didn't receive like they weren't receiving salvation. They were receiving an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So understanding those two uses is very imperative that they're not contradicting to one another. But one is us being, we're receiving the Holy Spirit. There's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And one is a outpouring of the Spirit for the purpose, like Jesus says, right? You will be filled with power for Christ-exalting ministry. So it starts getting difficult because people start feeling like, oh, well, some people are full of the Spirit and some people aren't. But that terminology, Pastor TJ, gets difficult because then we start getting into, oh, you're full of the Spirit and I'm not, but how can you be full of the Spirit and I'm not if the Holy Spirit is living in both of us? So my cup, is, my cup has water in it, but it's not full of water. Like it starts getting confusing. And so Pastor TJ, help walk us through a little bit the difference between some of this terminology of like the dwelling of the Holy Spirit and the filling, or I, I prefer the word the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to help us understand this baptism idea that the scripture talks about.
1: Yeah. I, I hate the filling
0: yeah. uh, imagery
1: confusing. just because like w- once you're saved, once you say Jesus come into my life, be, be my King. I submit to you. I believe in you. Like it says that the Holy spirit comes and dwells within us. Yeah. Right. We are marked for salvation that we have been, his, his, his price was paid and it's good enough. You know what I mean? And so, I have a hard time saying that Jesus only like give us a half pour, you know, he only gave us a little bit. I believe he gave us the the fullness of what he wanted to give us. And so when we're thinking about that, that dwelling of the Holy spirit that comes as salvation, that's what we're talking about. That every Christian is marked by God, That the, the Holy spirit dwells within you. And so then there's this, this, this extra thing that happens that we see. We see people with this extra empowerment. You see Peter on the day of Pentecost, he was given this extra confidence. We know Peter's track record. We have a history. He was the guy who's denied Jesus three times. Like, and then all of a sudden in threw of 3000 people after a crazy thing happens within the upper room. He all of a sudden has this boldness that is not seen in Peter, except when he says the wrong thing to Jesus. It's the only time you see him that bold. And he's proclaiming the gospel with such clarity and power that it said 3000 were added to the church that day. So when you think about those numbers and you think about what he was doing, obviously there was something miraculous happening that was beyond the normal Peter. And I believe that was an activation or what what Susie has said, an outpouring of the Holy spirit from him. Peter was tapped into God. He was, he was chasing after Jesus. He wanted, he'd been in that upper room and and he was ready and expecting what God was going to do. And so that is the big difference that I see is there's this time where I think truly you can, you can sit there and you can be a Christian and never, ever chase after Jesus. What I mean by that is you can say, Lord, you can be my savior father. You can, you can, I I accept this, but you know, I'm not really going to be passionate about it. I'm not really going to seek after you. You know, I'm just going to allow you to be a roommate in my house and I'm going to not have a romance with you. Like it's in a marriage, you know, relationship. It's like that. It's like, if you just told your wife, like, yeah, we could be roommates, you know, we could just hang out. It's much different than if you have a romantic relationship with her, right? Where it's, it's different. You guys are engaging with each other. You're constantly seeking after her. It's the same thing. I believe with the Lord, like when we're engaged with Jesus, when we're seeking after him, there's a difference in our relationship and how the Holy spirit is moving through us. Yeah. And so those are the, the big two things that I see. And that outpouring can happen at salvation, where we see some manifested gifts, right? When like we've talked about in the past and last week and tongues and things like that, or it can be a second event. It can be a third of it. It can, it can happen, you know, maybe a thousand times. Yeah. And I really do see it evident in people's lives. And I see it evident in the Bible. Um, a really important note though, is that we should continually be seeking for God to pour out his spirit yeah. to, 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 to seek after him daily. So that we can have that activation. That, that And not because we want anything for ourselves, but simply because we want to be so close to Jesus that it exudes from our being. And we see that when we're chasing after God, and he says, when you seek me, you'll find me. When we call out to God, when David's surrounded by his enemies, God comes through. And that's because God wants to be glorified. That's right. He wants to use you. For, for his glory. And he's allowing us to be a part of the story. And I think that that's the powerful part of this idea of anything we talk about is if God's not getting the glory, I don't want any part of it. So everything that we do, when we're seeking after God, we need to be doing it with the idea and the eyes set on him. And so that he may get the glory at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's, that's man.
0: God is good. Amen. And come on. Uh, and that's where we want you to really walk away with, friends, is that we need to be continually seeking an outpouring the Holy Spirit. Yep. The purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe Jesus said, like, in, in a few days, you will receive power. Mm. Power for Christ-exalting ministry. Yep. That you and our, our lives are intended to be empowered. And here's the reality. We've all been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you get to choose if you want to coast or if you want to change the world through the power that's already been given you. I shared this a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. You already have the power use it. And we can be continually asking for an outpouring in the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. As a follower of Jesus, I don't want to decline. and I don't want to plateau. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, man, when I was 27, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and ever since it's just been... I've never had, it, I've never had a moment like it again. Like, yeah. man, days were way back. If you're a follower of Jesus, better days are ahead. Amen. And Woo! I want to ask for a continual outpouring Amen. of His Spirit. Not just one time, over and over again. God, empower me for Christ-exalting ministry in different situations. God, bless me, empower me, use me so that not just so I can speak in tongues and do this, but so I can exalt the name of Jesus with boldness and empowerment. And that's the purpose. And for me, that's the proof, is the power. I, I don't personally believe that the physical evidence is any of the spiritual gifts. It's not, oh, well, he speaks in tongues, so he's got power. Well, you don't speak in tongues, so you don't have any power. No, no. God wants us to have power to change the world and impact lives for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We need to be seeking the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Why? For the purpose of Christ exalting ministry. Not Amen. so that I can puff myself up and be like, look at I, who I am and what I'm capable of. But I want to be seeking God. I don't want to see God for a one time I was in a room with some homies and now my life's downhill from here. I want continual supernatural experiences with the Holy Spirit that equip me and empower me. So I don't believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit can be just a one time thing. It's an outpouring. That's why I like the word outpouring more than fill because if you were like, Lord, fill me. That kind of insinuates like I'm not already full, like I don't he's not in me. So the cup's already full of water, but you want you want more? And some people would say, well, it overflows. Yeah, but the water that's there is already good enough. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is already good enough. But I want there to be an outpouring, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit so we can impact the world.
1: Someone someone didn't get that right there, Susie. Like there's someone I really truly believe that's watching right now today, that's been a Christian maybe for 20 years, 25 years. And you, you didn't just hear what he said. He said that that experience you had 20 years ago, 24 years ago is for today, that you can also see that happen today, that those better days are ahead, Amen. that you should be, it, it, this is, we, we can get so caught up in the weeds and the bitterness of church life and all of these different things that we let stack on us. But the truth of the matter is, is today you can shed off that shell that you, you've had on you for a long time where you've allowed to be built up and you can break through that today and that you can see those things that we're talking about still happen Amen. and you can get that passion you had when you were a new Christian, you can Amen. get that passion you had that day you preached, you can get the passion you had the day you had that conversation with that, with that girl who, who led you to Jesus.
2: Amen
0: purpose is for the power of Christ's exalted ministry. Not to puff ourselves up, not to speak in tongues, to exalt Christ. And I pray that you will seek the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we'll end our time together here, friends, really asking the question, i we been learning about these spiritual gifts. What do I do next? We never want anything that we share from God's Quad Church to just be a bunch of information. You can be like, well, I learned some stuff today. Pretty cool. We want it to impact your life. You'll hear me say it. I'm not concerned with information. I'm concerned with transformation. I want you to walk away changed, filled, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so what are our next steps? Paul says it. Earnestly seek the gifts. Make it a normal part of your life where where you're seeking the gifts, where you're seeking the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power for Christ's exalting ministry. So you can impact the people at your workplace. So that you can impact the people that you're hanging out on Discord with. So that you can have the power for Christ-exalting ministry. Wherever it is that you work, at Walmart, different places you go, you can receive power for Christ-exalting ministry. But here's what we also want to be communi- careful to communicate. Seek the gift, but don't seek the gift more than you seek the gift giver. Jesus, We can't get so caught up on I want to speak in tongues that tongues becomes more important to me than Jesus. We've spent six weeks talking about this stuff, and it's important, but it's not more important than your relationship with God. If you never speak in tongues, you will go to heaven, if you've said yes to follow Jesus. Mm. But we cannot seek the gifts more than we seek the gift giver. There's got to be a healthy balance. I want the gifts, but I want Jesus more. I want my wife to be healed, but I want his will more. Which one are you prioritizing? And we don't just want to learn some stuff. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill us, to give us an outpouring of his Spirit, to help us increase our fruits of the Spirit, to be kind, loved, patient, but also to let us activate, God, what gift do I have? And so it'd be a shame for us to just talk about it and not pray that the Holy Spirit would empower us. So as we close, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we just come before you First, acknowledging, God, we are open, willing and ready for whatever it is that you have for us. First and foremost, God, we just want to say today, Jesus, we love you. God, the gift giver isn't good because he gives gifts. He's good because he's good, because he's full of mercy and grace and kindness. And so first, Holy Spirit, we want more of you your presence, your will, your everything in our lives. But God, we also would love those added bonuses that you give us too, called the gifts of the Spirit. So today, Holy Spirit, we just pray for an outpouring of your Spirit. May, Holy Spirit, today, may we receive and activate power for Christ-exalting ministry, where we are stepping out of just being passive in stepping into being active for the glory of God. I pray that your spirit would fall in this room. I pray that your spirit would fall in the living room, in the bedroom, wherever people are all over this world, watching live, watching on YouTube. The spirit of God is able to be with them wherever they are. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that right now a sense of power and boldness would begin to stir up in our hearts for Christ's exalting ministry. We pray that a sense of humility would be with us all, that we're not seeking gifts so we can puff ourselves up and be better. God, there's no S-tier, A-tier, B-tier, the spiritual gifts. It is all for Christ-exalting ministry. And we pray today and ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to be open to what your word teaches, that spiritual gifts we believe they're for today. Holy Spirit, we want to be a world-changing church. And if we're going to change the world, we're going to need some power. Yes. And so we just ask you, God, we're already full of the Spirit, but we're asking for an outpouring. We want to walk away from today changed, transformed, different. And Holy Spirit, we're willing to, we're willing to wait on you. God, we're not so concerned with a, with a clock or a time that, man, if the Holy Spirit doesn't empower me in the next five seconds, I've, I've got places to be. Holy Spirit, we want to we seek you diligently. So, God, we don't just want to seek you for 30 seconds and then be like, well, didn't happen on my watch. So uh, maybe next time. Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. It's Holy Spirit, I, I just feel a pressing in my heart, God, that you want us to just continue to seek you right now. Continue to seek you. Sure, God, we're we're past our time. But Holy Spirit, you're the master. We're following according to your plan. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now, maybe even you all over this room and all over the world, would just maybe lift your hands with, with your hands in, a, in an upward position and say, God, I'm, I'm ready to receive from you power. God, whatever gift of the Spirit you want to activate in my life, we're, we're willing. I'm not going to complain. which wish I had that one. Holy Spirit, meet us where we're at today. Holy Spirit, meet us where we are. May there be an outpouring of your spirit. May we be changed. May we be transformed for the purposes of Christ's exalting ministry. And so we just, we want to wait on you just for a second, God. And even, I'm just going to, I'm going to give every single one of you an opportunity, even right now, just to begin to pray. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop for a minute. And you're just going to seek the Holy Spirit. Holy Ask spirit. Him to pour out His Spirit on you. It's a holy, We're going to give you room, Holy Spirit. We're not just going to talk about you. We're going to follow you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you just fill this place as we give room for you to speak to hearts. And God, we're not afraid of silence because sometimes in the silence, God, you speak to us. So I pray, even just over the next minute, just invite the Holy Spirit to be with you. Just ask him to pour out his spirit so we can receive power for Christ's exalting ministry. Spirit, we are your we're your vessels willing and ready to be used by you. And Holy Spirit, we are treading into new territory as we discuss the gifts, as we discuss the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, there are many people that sure, even though we've spent an ample amount of time talking about this today, at the end of the day, we're we're still students. These are difficult conversations these are confusing us and sometimes even after these conversations sometimes people are left with more questions than they are answers and so holy spirit i i pray today that you would just continue to be our teacher continue to be our teacher may we not be so logical that we are not open to the supernatural i pray holy spirit you would help us today to follow your leading follow your guiding may we be the people who want to be led by the Holy Spirit who yes, want to let God be in charge and Holy Spirit this is an ongoing process for all of us and I pray for our church that we would navigate this with grace figuring out not only what does all this stuff mean but like what does it look like for God's God Squad Church to be active in the gifts of the Spirit Honestly, God, if we're being fully fully honest, like we don't even really know yet. Like, God, if I'm just being real, like, what does it look for, like, what does it look like for someone to give a message in tongues that's meant for the whole body in an online church? Like, we, honestly, God, like, we'd actually just don't know. Like, we 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 literally don't know, God. These are these are territories we've never been in. These I don't know if anyone's been in this territory. God, does someone give a message? in one part of the world and someone translates it in the chat like God like we actually we don't know but we're open to that which we don't know we're open Holy Spirit to what you want to do we won't limit you to our understanding well if I don't understand how this works then it shouldn't work no we are submitting ourselves to you saying Holy Spirit lead us and we will follow you. Wherever that goes, whatever that looks like. This is your church, and we want to be people who are filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Thank you to God's Holy Spirit. You're already dwelling in us, but we are seeking an outpouring of your Spirit. Why? For Christ exalting ministry. So that we go to work different. So that we go to school empowered. So that we are actively impacting the world because the Holy Spirit is in us. And we've chosen, God, to say, Holy Spirit, I'm willing and open. Use me. Whether that's in the gifts or whether that's just in boldness to declare the gospel to people who don't know. We want to be Spirit-empowered. We want to be Spirit-empowered. So today we seek the Holy Spirit We seek the gifts. I pray that, God, people would, God, even starting today, people would begin to discover and activate what spiritual gifts they've been given. It's going to be different. It's going to be different for everyone. But, God, may we be asking the question, Holy Spirit, what gift do you have for me diligently? I pray that, God, we would put it a part of our daily prayers. Holy Spirit, I'm seeking the gifts. I'm seeking you. I'm seeking Christ. I'm seeking God. And God, I'm seeking empowerment every day. I want to be, I want to be, I want the Spirit to pour in every day of my life. Every day in my life. Not just one time so I can talk about it 20 years later. Every day, Spirit, pour out. Pour out. We're ready. We're ready. We're willing. I don't want to sit in a church and just hear some stuff. I want to change the world. I want to see lives changed for the glory of God. I want to see marriages restored i want to see children coming back to christ i want to see sickness healed i want to see hearts restored i want to see blind eyes open i want to see the power of god manifested in a real tangible way that we can see that we can experience i don't just want to get a bunch of information i want to see the world turned upside down for the glory of god i want us to be filled with love with patience with kindness and knowledge and wisdom and the supernatural i want people to look at god squad church and say i don't even know if i believe any of this but i cannot deny these people are built different amen Amen. they're impacting the world and the world's a better place because they're here twitch is a better place because they're here may we see revival." May we see souls being changed. May we see people who said, who used to say, I don't even believe in God, now saying, I can't deny the truth that I've come to know. Jesus Christ is Lord. I pray that, God, people wouldn't wait until the end to bow their knee and to confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I pray the Spirit of God would draw many, 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 but may we be used as a church where your spirit is being poured out so we can go out and make disciples of all nations. I pray for many today. I pray for many today who are here. And they're not just hearing about the gifts for the first time, but they're hearing about Jesus. And he is the greatest gift. The gift of salvation that, God, you made available for us. May we not be so concerned with the spiritual gifts that we forget about the gift of salvation, the greatest gift. And I pray today for many who are listening who maybe have never experienced the truth of the forgiveness, grace, and relationship of Jesus Christ. I pray that they would know they don't have to go to church a certain amount of times, read the book a certain amount of times in order to receive a relationship with Jesus. I pray as they're listening right now, Holy Spirit, I pray you're drawing them, tugging on their heart to know today. I need Jesus. I acknowledge today that I am a sinner and I am far from God, but that he wants to draw me near. And I pray that they would know that really, God, it's really actually not that complicated. That if they would simply believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, confess with their mouth that, God, they can be saved. I pray that you would put it in the heart of many today to repent of their sins because Jesus is a better way. He's a better way. And there are many listening now, God, that they've met, never made a decision to say yes to follow Jesus and begin a relationship with him. And I pray for those people right now. I pray that they would just simply say in their hearts, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Yes, and if you're hearing this prayer right now, I want to encourage you, if you want to say yes to follow Jesus, to simply say those words, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm no longer going my old way. I'm going a new way of following jesus and i pray right now that they would be drawn and we believe that even right now god there are people beginning new life new life of following jesus i pray that god we would receive the gifts but i pray that most importantly right now people would be receiving the gift of salvation to say yes to follow jesus we believe it's happening now second service on the VOD, whatever it might be and we thank you that today that we get to honor and worship you for that gift of salvation. And I pray that today people would be receiving it. We thank you for the glory of God. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the relationship that all of us who would say yes to follow Jesus can have access to. Thank you for today. Thank you for the pouring out of your spirit. But most importantly, we thank you for the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, will you put your hands together to celebrate those that maybe during that prayer are saying yes to follow Jesus. Praise God. God bless you.
3: Hey, I want to congratulate those of you that maybe you just made that decision just now. It was a little unconventional of what you might see in a church, but the thing is, is, you don't have to have a conventional way to find Jesus Christ and to know who he is. We were just talking about spiritual gifts, and this is a gift that is available for you because Christ died on the cross for you, and he rose from dead three days later so that one day you could be in heaven with him if you accepted him. So I want to ask you a question right now, if you did make that decision, if you said yes to Jesus Christ today and you were sitting there as Pastor Susie was just praying and you were saying, I need Jesus because I know that I'm a sinner, but I need him to save me because of things that I've done. I want you to do something brave and something bold. I want to see you putting a yes in the chat right now. If you just accepted Jesus Christ for the first time in your life, can we put our hands together for those people that are accepting Jesus Christ? Put some hype in the chat for those that are accepting Jesus Christ right now. Absolutely amazing. We want to congratulate you and we want to celebrate with you as well because it's an absolutely amazing experience and I promise you you are not going to regret it and we have people coming in that are putting yes in the chat which is absolutely amazing and hey if somebody could do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat if you did make that decision today or maybe you rededicated your life I I want you to do something I want you to click on that link and fill out that form that it sends you to with as much information as you feel comfortable giving because this is gonna be able to give us a way to be able to give you some resources there's things that a lot of people they don't know how to start this journey. We want to be able to answer those questions for you. We want to walk with you, and we want to connect with you as well. So please fill out that form so we can connect with you. Because, it, like I said, it can be confusing at times, but it's a journey that you are not going to want to miss out on. So please, please, please fill out that form. But guys, this is the reason why we do what we do here at God Squad Church. We continually see every single week people coming to know Jesus Christ. We see people who are get we we see people signing up for baptisms baptisms. We have so many things that are going on here, and it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we get to be able to see those things. And maybe this is your first time watching God Squad Church, or maybe this is going to be your first time that you would like to donate. I want want you to know there are multiple safe and secure ways you can give to the church. You go into the panels below and click on the give link. You can also go to our website and you can customize it any way you see fit, recurring donations of monthly, weekly, or even a one-time gift. And then finally, you can also use text to give by texting any amount to number 84321. But no matter how you are giving, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity. Remember, every penny counts.